We make all kinds of connections from our neighbors to our co-workers, from family members to people we interact with in business every day. What about the connections we make to ourselves? Today, we'll explore the connections that we make and how they define our lives. This is Things Worth Considering with hosts Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiousis. It's time to consider the possibilities. Good evening and welcome to Things Worth Considering. We're a weekly talk show that presents ideas to ponder, hopefully ideas that you'll disagree with at times, but definitely things that are worth considering. I'm your host, Gord Riddell. And I am here with my co-host, our very knowledgeable doctor of naturopathic medicine, Dr. Alexia Georgiousis. How are you? I'm pretty well, Gord. Thank you. How are you? Okay. In spite of everything, fabulous. Yeah. How's that? You know? I mean, you have to be. It's all about the attitude, I think. (laughs) It is. That's what they say. Uh, Now, uh, just so everyone knows that we are live, and if you would like to join in on our conversation... Uh, you can do so. It is toll-free from anywhere in North America, and the number is 1-888-346-9141, uh, 346-9141. Anywhere, it's toll-free. If you want to join us, uh, we'd love to hear. So tonight, uh, we're talking about the whole idea of creating a new normal. We've been hearing that uh, uh, you know, th- since the pandemic was declared back in March of 2020 which is a long time ago. Uh, and we keep hearing that phrase. And, and I think people are starting to think a little bit more about it now is the possibility of a lockdown being ended um, someday, not in Ontario. Uh, you know, but, you know, we've been in a new normal. The new normal was, you know, being locked down, stay at home, work from home, school your children from home. Uh, that was the new normal. But what would it be like post-pandemic? And I think people are starting to, to think about it, you know. Uh, I mean, even, even just always having to wear a mask, don't touch people, stay six feet apart, uh, you know, socialize only with people that you live with. Uh, and if you're single, more precisely, if you live alone, uh, you can be part of one other household to socialize, one only to socialize. That, the impact of this, you know, we haven't even begun to calculate you know, no. how this has affected us. Absolutely. And, and you know, I think that I want to be hopeful that this experience will actually help ourselves lead ourselves better rather than wait for conscious leadership to show up. We kind of have to be <laughs> our conscious yeah. leaders. Wait for and it to show up. It In won't other show words, up. It's not happening. Yeah, and, and the thing is, it's kind of a, a real uh, sort of metaphor for that that idea of believing somehow things are going to be taken care of for us and, and, and we can relinquish responsibility for creating our own joy or happiness or health. And this, this has had severe consequences, like, of course, depression and anxiety and abuse. And I find it kind of ironic yeah. that, you know, things that are healthy for people are sadly, um, you know, not open or in you terms like of control, outdoor spaces. Yeah, outdoor spaces. Yeah. Or, you know, meanwhile, you can go to the liquor store and you can get whatever you want and fast food and, you know, not the little small shops that are using organic foods or just even cleaner foods. And there's lots of things here that are, I think that the, again, 
quote unquote leadership, and it's not to be overly critical, but I am being. It's because it's <laughs> it's there's just so much um, mixed messaging, and there a lot of people have suffered tremendous amount of suffering. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know why the liquor store, the liquor store has never been closed. When everything else has been shut down, the liquor store, you know, in Ontario, yep. which is a totally separate corporation that, you know, operates by itself. It's not in yes. local stores uh, or barely in a couple of them. But it's the fact of that's where they're earning money. And every corner store has stayed open, convenience yep. store, because that's where they're earning money. That's where they earn cigarette money, taxes, and that's where they earn lottery Right, money. right, right. Of course they're open. None of those have ever, ever shut down. No, no. So hmm, mm-hmm. now we have the money with the politics trying to run the health care problem. Yeah, well, the health care will always come up last in, in that kind of stuff. Well, you know, I, and, I think, I, and hopefully this, this style will change, Gord. It might take 100 or 200 years. Oh, yeah. But, I'm going to sit here and wait for it. <laughs> but I do I do. Yeah, mushroom. That, <laughs> yeah, I, I do feel that 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 uh, again it goes back to really if each one of us reflecting on how we're showing up in the world for ourselves and each other and the consequences. I mean, I, I know you've seen it. I see it in private practice as well. That the levels of grief, the levels of depression, the levels of anxiety, frustration yeah. are are really and fear, fear of course. And, and a sense of lack that's really impacting people. And hopefully it will start to shift because it's like going through a, a, a storm of fire in a way, you know, metaphorically and spiritually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the losses isn't just, when you say grief, there's tremendous losses, mm-hmm. not just in terms of people dying. There's losses in terms of jobs. But, you know, if you go all the way through, like all the losses it could be, the fact of your personal freedom has been totally curtailed. And that, that's a huge loss for a lot of people. You know, this weekend coming up, uh, it's the weekend before Memorial Day, which in Canada is the uh, Queen Victoria Day. Uh, we call it May 2-4 because it represents beer cases. Uh, in Ontario. In, in Ontario, Ontario they call it, yeah. 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 Uh, but, you know, it's supposed to be for Queen Victoria. God, God love her. Anyways, I'll keep moving along. No, uh, no. But it's, <laughs> yeah, no, no, don't, don't get into that. Um, yeah. But I mean, you know, to, to not be able to go and, and go camping, that's a big one, or hiking. Yeah. Or all of those facilities and availabilities are closed uh, at this point, you know. Golfing, even golf courses are closed here. Oh, have they closed them now? I thought that they, you could still go out to exercise you can go out to exercise. You just mm-hmm. can't play golf and you can't mm-hmm. play tennis. Yes. Yeah, so, see, this is very interesting because, again, we're dealing with the air, the atmosphere. And what I, what I find um, frustrating is that there's not a sense of respecting people's intellect that actually None. revealing that there's a massive deficit around the whole system of education and in healthcare around teaching children and people what you know, we've talked about this before, what, what it means to the immune system is, how it functions, you know, what it needs, because that is the essential education that's needed, not all the data. You know, we are, we're up the yin-yang with, with oh data God. overload, right? Absolutely. But these I essential... I can hardly listen to news. No, exactly. I don't at all. And, data. And the, yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's basically, it's like, wait a sec, how, what, what does it mean to be 
sort of self-aligned and also empowered where it's not about dominating, but it's about being able to feel that, oh, okay, I'm not as dependent on these external circumstances to feel joy or feel like I can adapt. And that to me is hopefully what is going to transform and be implemented in our education system, in our healthcare system, so that people understand even what is a virus or what is a bacteria, because that is just absent. Well, I think it is totally. And I'm thinking really, as you're talking about, you know, the groups of of younger people that are from maybe 15 up to like 30, even, you know, that are, they're out there gathering together, hanging out, they're, they're not wearing masks, you know, I think that was some of the responsibility when we talk about personal responsibility also has to be communal responsibility, you know, and, and that is, is that it's not cool to not wear a mask and then get on the subway system, which is like this horrible place to be uh, yeah, in and, the first and, place. I, and I, and I understand what you're saying, Gord. I, I feel that, yes, I agree with this. I really am very pro-information having oh, yeah, yeah. the correct information, not a mishmash of, you know, pieces and fear. And, and I think that's the teenage. Yeah, the, exactly. That's the, the teenager, the rebellion. And I believe that mm. when people don't understand something and someone just says, you must do this, then you're going to have some kind of pushback because when someone isn't informed, then you can't not, you can't make a choice that feels grounded or with clarity. You're, you know, you're just going to go into your own ego stuff and, and yep. there's, you know, I, I, but I agree with you that there has to be this, again, going back to the hope of what we're stepping into as a future is how do we become more collaborative? But, you know, this is, this is the, the hard part about, um, you know, learning. Again, do we teach this? Is this taught in schools? Did we support parents? Do we share resources? And just like what Karen Thompson from last week was talking about, the, the wild edibles, that learning. Karen that, Stevenson. Wow. Sorry, Stevenson, Stevenson. What did I say? Thompson. Oh, I'm so sorry. sorry Karen, Karen Stevenson. Thank you. I'm sorry, Karen. <laughs> thank you, Gord, for correcting me. But, but imagine learning that, wow, you know what? These dandelions that aren't sprayed with pesticides, but they are actually really valuable and they can offer me, me a lot of nutrients. So there's that aspect of learning how to be more relational with the entire world. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, uh, I mean, yeah, education itself is just, it's so out of whack. You know, what we think is important in education and what so many people come out of school after, you know, uh, grade 12 or whatever, and uh, 11 in Quebec and go to the Cégep, it's like, why didn't they teach me this in school? You know, and that I mean, I just hear that so many times. Yeah, yeah. You know, or or how come you have a rule book and I don't? Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> you know, you seem to know how to do this, and I'm not doing so well. Um, yeah, I yeah. think that that's all. You know, I I think that just basic human education. You know, absolutely. In terms of who we are, how we interact, the need for socialization. You know, that we actually need to be social. Now, on the other hand, psychologically, I, absolutely. Kids have to have that that uh, rebelliousness. They do. That's right. That's really, really important for their yes. mental health. That begins at like 12, 13, you know, through. And that's the, for them to be able to magically shift from their group, the family, and shift to a new group, the peer, 
you know, their friends, which in turn allows them to create then their own group, which would be their own families. Right, so right, right. If that's done successfully, then you have no mental health issues. If it's not done successfully, you know, kids don't move away from their family, then, mm-hmm. you know, or they run to just the, mm-hmm. the you know, one yes, or the yes. other, right? You know, right, it's right. really problematic. It's very problematic. Because Absolutely. a 45-year-old rebel, you know, I, I think of myself as rebellious. You know, I like to push. You are. You absolutely yeah, are, for sure. But it can blow up in your face if you do it yeah. the wrong way. Abs- yes. You well, know? it's just exactly. It's just like being able to have an opinion or share information that is not, you know, emotionally charged. Because right. when we bring in that emotional, you know, uh, need for something to be different or an attempt to manipulate or control an outcome. And when people are too emotional, we just shut off. We don't listen anymore. Well, we go and into a reaction. Exactly. And yeah. so, you know, you know, you you having your um, psychotherapy background and your wisdom is that this is sort of goes back to what you were saying around learning how to be human. What does that mean? And, and I think even building out from that around, yes, the community, the contact, I look at it as from a healthcare standpoint as well, in terms of the, the essentials about really understanding organisms. And again, understanding that a fever is not a bad thing. No. It is actually, we need fevers. Absolutely. And, and, if, and not, everything. Not now, not now. Right. Well, no, but even now, it's an it's very yeah. important that this is part of the immune system. But many people, you know, again, the, the old system is done. Hopefully, there'll be a new system created where we can teach these essential skills or essential whatever they are, and even around money, finance. You know, oh, imagine absolutely. budgeting, people understanding what does it mean when you borrow money? And what it, what's good about it? What's not so good? What does it mean when a bank, which is profit, and a credit union is nonprofit? And what are the pros and cons? Like this is, these are things that are not in our system, our, our the current system. They can't be. They've no. it's got to be re, re, rebuilt, right? And, pe- and people thinking that the banks are there for them. No, they're right. not. <laughs> they're there for their shareholders. Of course, they to are. make money. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think all the major banks declared like over a billion dollars in the first quarter. Oh, I believe it. You know, well, and the, look, the wealthiest rates. got wealthier. Yeah. You know, there's just, and the, and the poorer got poorer. I mean, there's just such a huge discrepancy when it comes to uh, the value around money or who we reward with money. And basically yeah. the people that amuse me are the people who get the most amount of money, either entertainers or sports figures. Huh. Yeah. Right. Like right. multi, multi-million dollar contracts. Yes. Meanwhile, the social worker that is trying to hold my family together exactly. is getting like 30000 a year and can barely pay her rent. Exactly. Exactly. You know, little feed her kids. Right. Know? So that's that discrepancy where, again, I feel the only way we can shift it is that each of us has to take, make choices and be discerning because, of course, we need conventional medicine and, of course, we need, you know, these places. However, we can actually be more collaborative and look at what can support somebody's immunity. Because Does we a go, basketball player really need $10 million? To I don't play think how so. How many games in a, exactly? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you know, I mean, that's just, or $20 million to make a movie. Come on. I mean, right. that's, that's just like, that's beyond obscene when the rest of people are struggling. And it's the people who entertain us. Sports it's, is entertainment. It's a, it's a lot of entertainment. It's a lot in law. 
you know, there's a lot of areas where there's, you know, create, you know, insurance. There's a lot of other aspects. But I agree with you that the top are typically in this this area, pharma, you know, pharma, as we know, cabillions and, and of course, cabillions, we, right. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's, but it's getting a sense of where's the balance. We've been out of balance for far too long. And all we want to do is look at how we can have both, not just either or, and, you know, looking at teaching and supporting each other. But I don't think it comes from expecting someone else to, I, I think it really does come from how we're we choosing to step forward into this new way of being because it's a different way of that being. Possibility. Yeah. We have, you know, we have something in front of us that we could possibly change, but we're arriving at it with kids that have mistrust. How, how do, how do children learn when they can't have friends, they're stuck at home with their families? You know, I mean, the idea of keeping them in school because of somebody's ego, which I think the government did here, uh, is just mm-hmm. wrong. But, uh, you know, I mean, I, I joke about, am I going to recognize these people with a mask that I've met? If they take that mask off and they, I see their full face, I'm going to go, you're who? You know, it's like, <laughs> I, I know your eyes and your glasses, but that's about it. It's like, yeah, just that whole transition. And I think at this point, we need to transition into a commercial break. We'll be right back in two minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening. 
listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiusis. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, welcome back. Uh, You're listening to Things Worth Considering. And we're considering how does one create a new norm uh, out of the mess that we're we're finding ourselves in. I'm hearing people talk a lot about just just getting back to what they had. They just want to get back there, you know, like, uh, you know, to do things the way they were as their jobs, uh, their friends, dinners and restaurants, weddings, family, you know, functions and birthdays. You know, now, if you ask people before this pandemic happened, half of this stuff, they'd say, oh, my God, I hate going to those things. Right. <laughs> you know? I, I hate family functions. I hate yeah. going to weddings. I hate, you know. Uh, exactly. Uh, you know, dinner driving crazy, you know, right. sitting around just, you know, small talk. Uh, but yet, that's what people want to get back to. And if we could just think of that, that do we really like some of the things that were going on back there? Or, yeah. you know, can we weave that into a new definition here? Well, and it's a really good point because it's almost as if there is a resistance to acknowledging how much transformation has been happening internally for a lot of people. And it's been incredibly uncomfortable. But when people can see that they're shifting, I think what happens is that there's an, you know an, uh, a comfortable way to try to reach for the past or cling to the past because it's familiar yep. and because it's a sense of, oh my God, I'm changing, I'm shifting. And suddenly I don't actually like this person that I'm living with, or oh, I actually great. don't really like my job. And, and that resistance is sadly in my, I mean, I shouldn't say sadly, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's where we limit our evolution of consciousness instead of realizing that we can still go back to family functions but remember that you are changed and maybe you're going to appreciate it a lot more, even if it's uncomfortable, even if you're with relatives that you don't like, but you can still appreciate the experience with a new awareness, which and I think could, is a, a big part of the pandemic, hopefully. And they could light a candle and hope that the relatives changed as well. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't just me changing here. Uh-huh. But, you know, you people are, are really coming to awarenesses. It's just that, are they aware of the awareness, you know, kind of, it sounds like a, a weird thing, but you have to have a sense of who you are, you know, and, and who you were to understand what and how that changes. You know, mm-hmm. you're not just becoming bitter and jaded uh, or angry or, or whatever. I mean, there's, there's just, uh, I think a realization that back then, so let's say pre pandemic, all right, we'll, we'll just call it PP. And then it'll be P- <laughs> oh, and then it'll be PP post pandemic. Uh, so we'll have to change that. It'll anyway, be PP twenty twenty, and then PP <laughs> PP whenever. Uh, um, so, but it's it's realizing that some of those things, including who we might be living with, we didn't like before the pandemic. Exactly. Exactly. You know? And now we're in the house with them twenty four hours a day, and we're both working in the house. Yeah. And I'm sitting across from my partner, looking and going. Mm-hmm. I don't really like this person anymore. Mm-hmm. Maybe I didn't even like them in the beginning, but mm-hmm. it was convenient. Again, you know, we, we always will grasp as an anchor of the, uh, the familiar. Totally. And convenient and comfortable. And again, the yeah. resistance to 
you know, there's a funny thing with language because we can say unknown and it can feel scary. But when you say limitless, it it's way more inviting. It's almost, yes. I think it's generally more freeing. It's like, wow, limitless. It means that there's so much, but it can also be overwhelming with choice. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, there's too many things. How can I decide? One of those so, menus. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it has 150 <laughs> things on it, and you're like, I don't know what I'm going to have. Or even so, channels, like when you look at films on, you know, oh my God, uh, the Netflix or anything, right? It's like, oh, my God, there's 300 and how many channels, and there's nothing to watch. Exactly. That's me. Fascinating. I can't take right? my, yeah, I don't know what I want to watch because I don't watch yeah. it, really. Yeah. You know? yeah. So it's just overwhelming. It's just totally overwhelming. You know? So, it, you know, cultivating these skills, going back to what you were saying about the humanness. And I think that this is part of what's happening if we can or if we're willing to settle into a place of, of realizing that this is much bigger than what the kind of, you know, ground level drama is or the, 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 the drama in the media. It's like, no, 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 just look at the inflammation that's happening because it's really a sense of inflammation, which also affects the physical body, right? And that's sure. been shown that stress affects our immunity, fear, anxiety, absolutely. So it's, it's actually this pervasiveness, but we have to be the ones who decide, no, I'm going to shut this off for a while. Or, you know, and, and I'm, I've been going for walks and I'm amazed and I see so many people out walking, which I think is fantastic. Absolutely. In the, during the day where people are actually taking breaks from work and going outside and even being by themselves, not necessarily with anyone. And that to me is fantastic to cultivate that connection to the self so that yes. we can be more grounded, you know? Yep, I absolutely agree with that. Now, here's the problem, though, is then, <clears throat> then after the break, going back in and they're working until 10, 11, or 12 o'clock at night. They're having a great deal of difficulty, as co- according to the stuff I'm reading, yeah, uh, yeah. of separating when I'm working and because it's all in the same space. You're living in your office kind of thing. Yeah, I've seen it a little bit differently with people that are actually uh, developing better boundaries now. They're starting to go into a place of, oh, wait a minute. They're realizing, hang on, just because these demands are coming at me, I can actually choose how yes. much I can actually show up or give or when, you know, and, and actually take the lead instead of waiting for permission from the, whoever it whoever. is to say, <laughs> oh, you know what? You better go eat dinner now at six o'clock. It's like, what? Actually, That's I time. can do it. <laughs> but but that, that sense of awareness about going, wait a minute, I, who's my perceived authority over my choices or how I'm living? And how do I develop this? Which is to me the gap in terms of, again, going back to whatever education is, because awareness is a big part of it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's also, uh, you know, uh, uh, our willingness to pull back and allow someone else to be the authority. Mm-hmm. When you say about, you know, who's, who, who's giving you permission here to do whatever, right. you know, is, is are relinquishing our responsibility by handing over authority. Definitely, and definitely. That's, that's, that's terribly frightening. Well, and I heard this, I think I mentioned last week when we were talking, Gord, on the break, that I read this quote, and I, I don't remember the, the original person who wrote it, but the quote was, the opposite of courage 
is not cowardice, it's conformity. And I think this is very powerful because it's very important we cultivate curiosity and awe and wonder. And and we don't. We don't typically do this. We lose it. Children often have it. But that aspect of relinquishing authority, I think that that's where going back to your point around these younger people that are kind of rebelling. And, and I think that this is part of this aspect of, wait a minute, I'm going to, you know, I want to challenge. And, you know, I grew up in a generation where, you know, you, you, you don't really challenge. You can, but you're going to get in lots and lots of trouble and, you know, follow the rules and don't think for yourself and just be spoon fed. And that to me is when we lose um, our power, but we also become dependents and that's very dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Cause that, that just sets us up into relationships that, you know, we're like the, the doormat. Yes. You yes. Know? And that level of codependency and dependency. I mean, both of them exist. You know, yeah. we, I don't care what you call it, you know, absolutely. our attachment styles, you know, our insecure, our, yeah. all, all of those things. And it's just like, you know what? It's like, those are all learned behaviors. Yes. And, yes. and and it's because it's gone on without anybody having consciousness around what am I doing to my kids? Yeah. You know, well, and what and am I modeling? Exactly. What am I modeling and how to be, you know, more relational in the world and see that there's not just one authority, you know, and how do we say that, you know, we can go back to the, the years when the church had a lot of authority, right? It's like, and they still do in many ways. In many ways. And it, yeah. it, it's, it's that sense of, wait a minute, I remember one of the best things my mother taught me, and I'm, I'm grateful always to her, is that I remember there was a priest that, you know, wanted me to go into confession, you know, and, and she said, well, you know what, I can talk to God just as anyone else can. I don't need someone else to talk to God. And universe, source, whatever you want to call it, the divine. Yeah, yeah. But it's that sense of, wait a minute, I, I can do this. But again, we haven't created, we, have a, we need a new system that is going to say, you know what, anyone, you can learn how to cook. You can learn how to manage money. You can learn how to, how to eat well and take care of your immunity. You can learn how to, all of these, these are the essential, and learn how to communicate. That's the biggest one. It is the biggest that's, one. I think that's probably the biggest one. We're, I think you're right. We're so silent. And, and we're, we're suffering so badly in that silence. It, it's like, you know, if, if, if someone is, is talking out, they're, you know, it's because there's like some big drama around it and that we just all pull back. We don't want to be seen that way. So we just quietly go among, you know, not everybody wants to hear what, what our problem is, but there are people we need to pick and choose, even if it's professionals, that we actually go and we talk to. I mean, that right. was the role of the priest, right? Years yeah. ago, a priest, minister, rabbi, whatever. Uh, it doesn't matter. But that they had that role in society. But, you know, with sort of the demise of religion, but the increase of spirituality, all right? Uh, they're... They're quite, unfortunately, quite exclusively opposite one another in many, many instances. Uh, although at the root of all religions, there is spirituality. Totally. I mean, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It just yeah. got yeah. lost in that. It, it just gets lost in, the, in all the man and literally man yes. and men yes. rules. Yes, exactly. That, that have been handed down, you know, and continue yeah. to be handed down. So, you know, that loss of, of the, the confessor, 
you know, and that's what, and that's the rule that that some you know healthcare professionals like myself, you know, fulfill that role. You know, people want to know. People people will actually come to a therapist and want to talk about an existential crisis. You know, am I going to go to hell because I just did this terrible thing? Yeah. You know, and it's like, who's who said it was terrible? Well, you know? and even in even in naturopathic medicine, absolutely, because the body is holding often so much of what the emotional angst has been and where the disconnection yeah. from the self has been. And, and this is again, another way to look at uh, how we're supporting each other and providing people with empowered ways of being so that they can learn the tools and then implement them and teach their children instead of again, Oh, I need to have this or, you know, I, I'm dependent on this. And then, Again, what you said, relinquishing authority to say, I, I, I can't do any of it. I have no responsibility. I should just receive this and they should take care of me. Right. And then this is the should of someone else. That is to me a, a real problem. Well, that's a real, that's a really distorted element of entitlement. Yeah. You know, I mean, I have the right to have this, you know, and I don't mean it as in human rights. I'm talking about, you know, I deserve yeah. this. Right. You know? I'm from, and that, that really is that whole area of privilege, isn't it? You know, is, is that I'm entitled to this. Yeah. No, you're not. Yeah. Well, and I think my, my parents I think, were very clear about that. You know, you work for what you get. Yeah. You know, you're entitled yeah. to nothing, you know, kind well, of thing. Yeah, yeah. And there's a, there's a balance there too around conditional love and conditional, like, you know, that's that kind of old school way of the only way I can have joy is if this changes, if I behave a certain way, or if I, um, you know, lose 50 pounds, then I can buy clothes or, or if the weather's good, then I'll feel happy. And the same I'm seeing in terms of the pandemic is that's the awareness piece where we want to blame our mood or how we feel on something external. And, and that is a, a really, to me, a, a gaping deficit in the previous systems, which is hopefully going to be filled with consciousness and awareness as people start to say, hey, wait a minute, I, I do have some confidence that I, in myself. Uh, well, exactly. And hopefully those are the people that will run for offices. And, and, yes, Gord, you know, I keep telling you. <laughs> and, you know, and, and take over, uh, uh, you know, the, the leadership that is just right now blaming it doesn't yep. take responsibility. Nope. I don't care what country we're talking about here. You know, we're just seeing that uh, around the world. Is there's so many fingers that are pointing. You know, there's a, yeah. like the whole thing. If you point at someone, just remember there's three more fingers pointing back at you. Yeah. yeah. You know, idea. Uh, you know, how do how do you slap someone on the side of the head and say, "Wake up"? <laughs> you know, you're in a, you're in an authority <clears throat> position. You're not well, acting in an authority way, like with responsible leadership. Exactly, and it's conscious leadership because I I also see that leadership the de- the word leadership and the the it's almost as if the language we're using we have to uh, consider a different definition of you know leadership is often confused with management and yes, leadership yes. is often confused with uh, I can I dictate. And I, I can dictate to people and just be the micromanager and tell them all what to, and dominate. That to me is not leadership. That's not leadership. Not it's not all. leadership. That's so, a functionary. 
Yes, <laughs> it's exactly. So, yeah. so all of these nuances of shifting around what's our definition, who are we looking for? And, and again, each of us has to really do our own work and, and decide to say, you know what, I'm going to actually explore this a little bit more. It does take a commitment. Oh, huge, huge. There's no question about that. Uh, it's, it's a, it's just, a, it's such an enormous time commitment and, and just having the responsibility for like a whole group of people, like your country or your province or your town or whatever. Uh, I think some people have acted extremely well and other people have acted extremely badly when I look at uh, Canada. In fact, I can, you know, we know enough about the States up here from the news that there's lots of, of really, really dumb things being done in the States as well. I am. And I, I really applaud Joe Biden. I really do. Uh, he got that, that vaccine thing working. And, you know, I, I know that you're a little bit, uh, you know, on, on, uh, no, you're not negative. You're not negative about vaccines, but it's, I'm not anti-vaccine at all. No, 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 I know. But it's like, compared to me, you know, sure. Right. Do it. Um, you know, but the fact is, is that they're way ahead of us when they were way behind us just by getting that vaccine delivered. And, you know, he picked up where the previous administration was just so slack. And that right, was, they, right. they made it important. But you know what? That's happened with them before. The same thing happened with Reagan and HIV. Reagan, until mm-hmm. he was almost out of office in his very last year, was the very first time he mentioned the word AIDS. Mm, interesting. He never interesting. discussed what was actually going on uh, really? with that. And that was a pandemic back then as well. Yes, of course. Definitely. You know? I mean, it definitely. still is. It still is. Yes, we have absolutely. two going on. We can't forget what's happening with HIV. Yeah. It's not. No. It's treatable. It is not a cure. Uh, curable at all. I think, though, we need to go to a commercial, which would be a good cure for us to get off of this line (laughs) (laughs) of American politics. Um, And we'll get back on another line when we come back. You're listening to Things Worth Considering. We will be back in two minutes. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories, it is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. 
You're listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiusis. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, welcome back. Uh, just as a reminder, you can give us a call if you'd like to get in on this discussion at one 346 9141 that's toll-free anywhere in North America. Uh, we're going to have part two of this next week, so that'll be, that'll be exciting. Um, yes. Pew's Research, I don't know if you're familiar with them. They're, they're a very reputable uh, research company. So uh, they, did, they did, it's not solid science, but they did a, a, uh, a grouping of experts in the fields of, you know, uh, of uh, research uh, uh, activists, policy leaders, business developers, innovators, and ask them, you know, sort of what their outlook for the new normal might look like in 2025, which is like three and a half years from now. Uh, right around and, the corner. Right, you know, it'll, it'll happen it so fast. It's Absolutely. Even, it's crazy. Uh, and it will, will actually be, what, one of the things that really came out of it from right across the board was it will be far more tech-driven, uh, which is going to present just a whole lot more challenges. So a whole group of experts um, think that sweeping societal change is going to make life worse. All right. Uh, for, for most people, as greater inequality, rising authoritarianism, and rampant misinformation take hold in the wake of the COVID-19 uh, outbreak. Still, a, you know, a portion believe, though, that it will actually get better, that in our tele-everything, tele as in telephone, mm-hmm. uh, world where workplaces, healthcare, and social activity may actually improve. Yeah. Well, Hmm. Well, it's it's an interesting aspect. I, I think that, again, the suffering on some level is experienced by the old self. It's that aspect of, of going back and, and not realizing or appreciating that everyone is transitioning and in a state of transition, at least that's what I believe, and, and around really waking up their consciousness and the, the suffering is being able to, or the suffering comes from when you're not taking off that lens of, you know, rigidity of how you believe things should be. And instead yeah. looking at it from a bigger scope. But it's it's interesting to have this, but I also think that it can be a little bit, you know, negative and, and we want to have more hope, you know. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You, know, you want to have facts, was- right? That goes back to though the, you know, who taught us all these shoulds? Yeah. yeah this is what you know, and and, and it, it picks up on on kids, you know, of, of what's a boy supposed to be? Who are mm-hmm. they? And what's a girl supposed to be? Mm-hmm. And who are they? You know, so it's it's as basically, it's as basic as gender identification and how that's socialized. Yeah. Because yeah. that's where your shoulds come into it. This is what girls should. Do absolutely and be absolutely. like is what boys should be and should be like and if they're not exactly that thing yeah. then you know they're going to be bullied they're going to be judged and part of that is going to happen at home forget out on the street it's going to start in their home mm-hmm. brothers sisters cousins or a mother and a father you know uh there has to be a place that for that hopefulness to come in there has to be an opening when you have a list of shoulds, there's, where does the light shine in on yeah. in the rule book? <laughs> you got to open the book. 
you know, of all these well, rules. Well, you have to open your heart and be willing Absolutely. to drop into your heart and and actually you be willing listen. to admit maybe we're wrong. Well, exactly. That aspect of humility and seeing the arrogance that we have lived as human beings, thinking that we know better than nature, that we right. somehow have power over nature. <laughs> and 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 that is sadly, I think, what is um, limits human beings. You know, limits our totally. growth. And I think that this has this is very purposeful. I I believe this pandemic is very very purposeful. I don't think it's just random. Oh, it's I, not I, random at all. No, I believe I it's, actually, a, it's a spiritual event. I do too. I yeah, do too. Yeah. Yeah. What's really interesting, though, when you talk about you know having having authority over nature and our our silly ideas of of superiority is. You know, we're talking about literally life, life-changing events that could, uh, you know, potentially take place in a hopeful way, and it's, we're we're subjugated to this tiny little half cell, half life that is controlling the entire thing. Right. Like, who's really, you know, in control here right now? The virus is, and it's a virus, which means it has to hook up into something else in order to, for it to become complete. Exactly. Exactly. How dependent it's, is that? Yeah. <laughs> well, no. You're, it's a great. It's a great uh, example, Gord, around you know, sort of a, a metaphor, analogy of of what this is representing, and seeing that. Hang on, you know, what does this mean about me, and who am I in terms of, let's say, you know, job loss, for example. I. This is a big aspect of really challenging people around levels of identity of how much we are attached to titles or roles or oh, yeah. dollar signs in the bank or sense of security. And and it's revealing that many people have a real sense of scarcity when it doesn't make sense. Because, you know, living in, and, and this is, of course, there are lots of people, poverty, we know uh, uh, very, uh, various um, cultures like the First Nations that are terrible circumstances mm-hmm. and now revealing oh what what would this feel like to be left behind right. and i think that's also a huge lesson around what we can take from this and say wow i actually this is opening my heart this pandemic because rather now than I can being say, left behind what if we said we, we'd take them with us yeah you but know, I just I mean, mean being able to relate to somebody to oh, say, absolutely. oh when i see that person on the street i have more compassion for them now instead of ignoring them Instead right. of just, you know, ignoring them and not looking at them. Which is what most people do. Most people do ignore yeah. them. Yeah, the right? kid on the street is asking for money. We just, exactly. we don't even look down. No, just to pretend you don't existence. see them. They're invisible. Exactly. Yeah. I don't want to see it because it makes me uncomfortable. Of course it does. You could be That's there. It's so there by the grace of God go I. That's right. We could be sitting there also. You know, yeah. it's, it's uh, uh, not only do we not see them, we can't hear them either. Yeah. Well, that's. A, I think you brought up a really good point because, <clears throat> actually, on a walk today, I was actually uh, thinking about that around how this world being quieter has is 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 basically inviting us to listen differently and mm. listen to the earth. And when we had Eric Rankin on about sonic geometry, yeah, I really have been thinking about how we aren't yet attuned to hearing the frequencies that are available to us. Not and, at all. And how do we listen with our different senses? You know, I was talking to somebody around how different it is to work on online and on Zoom, but 
and when you can't necessarily see everybody that you're speaking to or teaching or whatever. But I, I do think that this is also helping us to say, okay, if I can't see them, then how can I sense them? How can right. I sense their energy? Which takes us into evolving in a big way, which I believe is fantastic. I think that's a really hopeful thing for the pandemic. Right, right. And trusting, trusting what you're feeling about, their, about what you're picking up from them. You know, that's that whole intuition piece. You know, exactly. It's like, uh, uh, getting people to trust that about themselves. Most people just think, oh, I'm just making it up or it's just my, my mind or my thoughts or whatever. And it's like, there's only one way when I train people in intuition and that is to tell them with permission, with permission, yep. they have to have, give you permission to even tune into them, but then give it to them and say, this is what I'm feeling. And they can say yes or no. And the more yeses you get, the more confidence you'll build. Yeah. And see, imagine that being part of the education that, pe- that little kids learn and it parents learn be. around. Well, exactly. And that's, again, the new system that I'm hoping will emerge and develop where, you know, people start to, and even if they start at home, but learning how to teach someone to trust their intuition. Yeah. Because it is, it is what's needed right now. It keeps us grounded. It helps us make very conscious decisions that are not reactive. And not getting talked out of it. Ex- big one. Big huge, one. Huge. Big that one. Where a kid feels that this is, I'm in a dangerous place or th- this person's making me feel really yucky. And yet they're very charming and they're very nice. In other words, mm-hmm. they're being seductive. Mm-hmm. And, and has the kid override what their gut told them. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I think that that is very much a part of, you know, people who, uh, uh, you know, children who have been sexually abused mm-hmm. uh, end up feeling that they were responsible for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they knew they, they sh- needed to get out of there, but the, you know, the power structure didn't allow that. Mm-hmm. And so they en- it ends up being internalized. Absolutely. Know? And it's Kids when they arrive at school are like so intuitive. When so five intuitive. Years old. Well, oh it's, like, it's like animals, you know, a lot of animals, look at their intuition. They feel, they sense everything. Oh, yeah. They can sense so much that, that as human beings now, it's almost as if we are being guided to pay more attention and notice the birds. And I know you've talked about this on a walk where, you know, when you're walking to just notice and see what else is here oh. and feel the energy. Like I, when yep. I go for hikes, I can feel a change of energy in the woods, different, it's very fascinating right it's like wow without the narrative without saying oh this and this and this story might have happened (laughs) but it's it's more just oh this feels really you know constricted or this feels really calm or um, but again it goes into that awareness piece of communication and recognizing feelings and needs and then how to speak from a very conscious and grounded place feeling empowered absolutely absolutely i mean right now to not go for not feel anything is like, then you got to stop and breathe for a moment. All the flowers are coming out. The colors, spring flowers are stunning. They are stunning. And they're just everywhere. All the, you know, the trees are coming out. I look out and I can just see all these leaves now. And it's, it's, how could, I I just don't understand how anybody could not see and experience that. And yet I have friends that I'm constantly saying, oh, look at that plant, you know? And they're like, what? Yeah, and that's and that's the aspect of being dull or being asleep, where right. th- we were we've been you know in this pandemic we've actually 
had the opportunity to not have the regular distractions, which allows things to come up and percolate and come to the surface. And going back to being dull again and dulled down in the vibration of, you know, just, oh, monotony and, you know, this is what you do. It's like the, you know, Talking Heads song. Um, what was that song? Um, oh, frick. I can't remember the name of it right now. It's like, uh, same as it ever was. Same as it ever was, yeah. It's an old one. I'm dating myself. But it's that aspect <laughs> of, you know, suddenly the guy wakes up and says, oh, my God, is this my life? And and I think that's what is Groundhog happening. Day. For, yeah. <laughs> well, so many people are starting to go, wait, uh, this is my life. This is it. Yep. And it's like, no, look at what's around you. Look at what's here. You don't have to escape. You don't have to disappear out of the city or run away and hide. Just it's, appreciate what's under your feet. You and know? we need people to be grounded and present. Yep. We need that aspect of presence that is conscious. I think one of the big things that has to happen in the in my new normal is that our attitude towards the earth has to change. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that is is that you know it's it's not there for for people just to take stuff out of it and enrich no. you know her resources and uh, they pocket it all and the planet suffers and people suffer. It just creates that inequality and equity. Mm-hmm. Anyone who's who's got that difference usually has been digging in the planet somewhere. You know, the same as capitalism itself has to change. You know, in the Western world, it is just totally widening the gap further and further between haves and haves nots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The haves have earned so much money during this pandemic. It's staggering the increase in wealth, mm-hmm. uh, you know, based on Forbes, you know, who's sort mm-hmm. of the, mm-hmm. the, the predictor. You know, and I'm not coming from a place of socialism or anything. I'm just talking about what if we respected all people and all people have to have basic human rights, like the right to clean air, the right to clean water, the right to food, housing and medical care. Education. And, and alternative, like supportive, alternative healthcare that can, there's no guarantee, but there are many things that are researched that can support people's immunity. There's, there's no guarantee and not telling people what to do, but it's the aspect of, wait a minute, there's lots of things available. But Gord, what you're speaking to is again, this is conscious leadership. And we have to be the ones who are leading ourselves to become more conscious, even if it's uncomfortable. I have to take over conscious leadership right now. Yes. We're out of time. I know. We're going to pick up, though, part two, because I'm not finished this conversation. No. Probably never will be. If you want to contact us, please do so at info at spiritgrows.ca. Want to know more about Transformational Arts College and what's, who's coming up on the shows? That's at transformationalarts.ca. Um, you can just go on to our website. Uh, next week, Alexi and I will be uh, doing part two of the show. And uh, that's it. That's it for the week. And uh, everybody stay safe, be well, and we'll talk to you next week. Good night, everyone. Bye. Thank you for tuning into Things Worth Considering. Please join your hosts, Alexia Georgiousis and Gord Riddell, for another edition next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, think about the connections in your life and how they define who you are.